Hans Niemann is suing Magnus Carlsen. And the chess world has gone crazy. Scandal has broken out in the chess community. It's crazy. I always thought this kid's crazy, but it takes that to be really good at chess. Frankly, I was disturbed that the world champion throws a tantrum. It was essentially a theory that a person can cheat with a vibrating set of beads in their anus. <laughs> the anal beads were enticing. Elon Musk proceeded to tweet out that theory. There are more possible chess positions that can happen on a chessboard than there are atoms in the universe. But pawn to e4 is the most popular first move. You may think it's boring that two people sitting down playing, but there is a lot going on in terms of people's emotions. If you feel aggressive, if you feel frustrated, all of it comes from the board. Bishop. To e4. In chess, when you're studying and you're calculating, you can constantly see your mental progress. F takes g6. You must win or you must at least not lose a certain game. So it's like, oh my god, can I make it? Can I, will I survive? e3. There's no feeling quite like losing a chess game. Like I've lost games before and wanted to football spike my phone at the ground. This is a story about chess, but not like one you've ever heard before. This is the greatest story in the chess world. To understand this story, you first have to realize just how competitive high-stakes chess really is. At the highest level, the ultimate goal in chess is to be the world champion. The top players, they can make quite a bit of money, millions of dollars. Winning a board prize at the Olympiad is like golden hands at the World Cup. It is prestige. Extremely competitive. It's competitive as any sport. A lot of nerves, thinking, and even paranoia sets in. But when those moves come into question, it becomes much bigger than just a game. A 19-year-old chess grandmaster has filed a federal lawsuit against a world champion over cheating allegations. I mean, everybody started thinking this is highly suspicious. It doesn't supposed to happen. But what about if it actually happens? This is a human issue. This is bigger than chess. It's the issue of, you know, what is the truth about uh, serious accusations against someone? Sure, you might think you know all about chess from watching the Queen's Gambit. You know, perhaps, Beth, chess is not all there is. It's what I know. I can control it, dominate it. Genius and madness. Maybe you downloaded a chess app on your phone only to lose every game to some random kid halfway around the world. But somehow, the story you're about to watch What happened? is the biggest news to ever hit the chess world. Magnus Carlsen just resigned. Sending social media into a frenzy. And the chess world has gone crazy. Scandal has broken out in the chess community. It's crazy. The craziest story that the chess world has ever seen. And it involves arguably the greatest player of all time. Magnus is one of the most influential chess players in the world. 
People respect his chess so much that it bleeds into his other opinions as well. A 19-year-old streaming star. Hans is the future of American chess. He's up against, you know, otherwise insurmountable forces. A chess empire. Believe it or not, you could make a case that this is the epicenter of the chess world. A $100 million lawsuit. Holy shit. That was my reaction. <laughs> There's no money in chess like that. What's it like to be named in a $100 million lawsuit? <laughs> Uh, surprising. In one of the most bizarre false rumors you'll ever hear. And it was essentially a theory that a person can cheat with a vibrating set of beads in their anus. <laughs> the anal beads were enticing. And people love drama, especially at the highest competitive level. Juicy, juicy drama. There's a lot to unpack here. So we've assembled some of the biggest names in the chess world to make sense of it all. Whatever you think you know about the great chess scandal, there's so much more beneath the surface. So buckle in. Rook on C5 to C1. This ride's about to get bumpy. In many ways, this feels like the Olympics. Opening ceremony, a massive stadium, a boy band headliner, fans from around the world. But the only sport being played here, chess. We're at the World Rapid and Blitz Championships in Almaty, Kazakhstan, one of the biggest tournaments in chess. We have around 300 players from around 50 countries. These competitors are athletes of the mind, and the stakes higher than you'd ever imagine. For this event, the prize fund is $1 million. To them, this is war. I would describe it as they're gladiators. It's very intense, very, very intense. You have to be in good physical shape, mental shape. It completely dominates your psyche. It's one of those sports where you have nobody to blame but yourself. You could be playing a game for six hours at a high stakes tournament, make one mistake and it costs you everything. These are some of the best grandmasters on the planet. But all eyes are on these two. In one corner, Magnus Carlsen. 32, Norwegian, stone-faced, ruthless on the chessboard, the reigning five-time world champion. Magnus Carlsen is currently the best chess player on the planet. He also is likely going to go down in history as the greatest chess player of all time. He's a superstar in chess. He has a machine behind him with marketing and companies. He's been a great world champion, publicly engaged, photogenic, <laughs> does commercials. Competing you against you. As far as chess celebrities go, Magnus is the superstar of superstars. 
Legions of fans eat up his content online. He even just sold his company, Play Magnus, to Chess.com, the largest chess company in the world, for just under $83 million, naming him a company ambassador. Magnus would simply eat the other grandmasters. He has this aura around him that makes other grandmasters sometimes intimidated to play him. It's not that he's 10 times better than everybody and he just knocks everybody out in one punch. No, he just beats people much more consistently. He can squeeze water from stone in otherwise completely equal positions. In the other corner, Hans Niemann, an American teen titan and rising star in the chess world, determined, motivated, brash. Hans Niemann is a 19-year-old, extremely talented chess player, a grandmaster. He is somebody with lots of ambitions. He's uh, kind of the bad boy of chess, and he uh, talks in a bloviating manner. Chess speaks for itself. Hans Niemann is a grandmaster, and I believe the best hope for a world champion in the United States at this point. I've never met anyone as talented as Hans. He exudes confidence to the point that the opponent actually loses his bearings. I think I played him when he was nine or 10 years old, but I remember he just completely crushed me. He was uh, the most brash talking kid, talking trash to adults. Who is this kid? What? <laughs> From the day I met Hans, I always thought this kid's crazy, but it takes that type of craziness to be really good at chess the way he was. Okay, now we know the stakes and the players at the center of this story. So why are we here in the mountains of Kazakhstan? Well, to know this story, you have to know the backstory. So the story of Magnus and Hans begins in Miami. With the black pieces in the Miami arena against world number one, Magnus Carlsen today, who has still. Uh, and there was a tournament there called the FTX Crypto Cup. The Crypto Cup presented by FTX. You remember them, right? FTX, one of the biggest players in the digital money markets, once valued at $32 billion, is now on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah, those guys. Well, they had a tournament in August 2022 with more than a million dollars in prizes, and both Magnus and Hans were invited to come to Miami to compete. Now, the crazy thing about the FTX Crypto Cup is there are beach photos of Magnus and Hans playing on a board on the beach. By the way, oh my God, so nerdy, adorable, hilarious. What was going on there? So to start day two, Hans is playing against Magnus in a best of four, and he wins game one. Incredible start to the day for Hans Niemann. And there's just no resistance. Um, and he walks out and he speaks to the interviewer. Hans, yesterday was a terrible uh, day for you, and today you start out with a masterpiece. How would you summarize it? Chess speaks for itself. Is it something special doing this against Magnus, Hans? He's playing a character, and I think he killed it, but I have to say it did make him look a little bit suspicious down the road. World champion Magnus Carlsen, he makes a comeback, winning game two to tie the match against Hans Niemann. Now Magnus wins the next three games. So Magnus takes the best of four, but Hans doesn't have a good time in Miami. I mean, he finishes last, but then Hans is selected as a last minute replacement for a player in the tournament in St. Louis. Not even two weeks later, September, 2022, the Sinkfield Cup. With such an illustrious cast, you never know who will steal the spotlight. 
the Singfield Cup was the crowning event in the Grand Chess Tour. You know, the US Open of chess, you could say. The event is closed to the public. Very few are allowed in. I think I was one of the few people who saw the game that started this. We have headliners in this tournament and they're going head to head. Round three, Magnus is paired with Hans. And that's when this story takes its first abrupt turn. And they started off very friendly, shook hands, yeah. started playing. And then after a very serious amount of uh, thinking and hours, Hans defeated Magnus. I think he's just so demoralized because he's losing to such an idiot like me, you know? It's just, uh, it must be embarrassing for the world champion to lose to me. I feel bad for him. So were you surprised that Hans was able to beat Magnus? Were you shocked? No, I wouldn't go so far as shock. I mean, it's uh, not the likely result. Hans played a nearly perfect game versus Magnus. Now, it's also to mention that Magnus had played one of his worst games in a while. Magnus Carlsen had a 53-game classical unbeaten streak for nearly a year. So the fact that Carlsen's streak was broken against an American teenager was all the more sensational. Magnus Carlsen was very upset, stormed off. He stormed out that evening, changed hotels, flew home to, to Norway. And on the very next day, Magnus tweets something super cryptic and withdraws from the tournament and begins the greatest and biggest scandal in chess history. Before we go on, Let's back up for a moment and talk about cheating in chess. Cheating is possible in chess because the best computer engines are better than the best humans. So if a player has any way to access a computer during their game, they can play better than they would otherwise. Chess has had different types of cheating throughout history. The very first example was the story of the Turk, which was essentially the first type of device that could beat you in a game of chess live. And I believe the story goes that it turned out there was just people inside of a box that were playing the games instead of this device. There's really fun ones. There was a bit of an accusation that a blueberry yogurt delivered mid-game to one of the players was telling them something about the position. They could give you some kind of signal when you're in a position and you have some kind of winning move or some kind of combination. And that tip alone could be the difference for a high level game. But nowadays it's, you know, more boring things like you leave the board right here and you go to the bathroom and you hit a phone in the bathroom and you put the move in the phone. Until the Magnus Hans drama, cheating in chess didn't have a lot of attention because there's not a lot of money in chess. But once it reaches the top level of the world chess champion, now you're dealing with something different. Now is when people actually get mad. Okay, back to our story. Hans beat Magnus. Magnus withdrew, now we're here. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. In big trouble. And I don't want to be in big trouble. After the Jose Mourinho tweet by Magnus, the chess world can assume nothing except he thinks that the game against Hans was suspect, something was going on, but he sort of leaves it cryptic. I was shocked. Magnus was hinting something that could be a very serious allegation. Frankly, I was 
disturbed. The world champion throws a tantrum and, and what? The, why is this even continuing? But it continued. That one post immediately set off a firestorm that reached far beyond the chess world. Rumors swirled on social media and outlandish conspiracies started to surface online. Naturally, after the Magnus tweet, there were all sorts of theories as to how an individual can cheat face-to-face -face in chess. And the truth is, there's very few ways. But one of the theories that came out, and this has been tested in practice, is some sort of device, right? You can have a device in your armpit. You can have a device in your shoe. But there was one more theory. And it was essentially a theory that a person can cheat with a vibrating set of beads in their anus. And <laughs> I really tried to power through that without cracking up. So the anal bead theory actually started on a chess live stream from the streamer Chess Bra, who was jokingly responding to some comments in his live chat. That's probably a good one, right? An anal bead probably would beat the thing, I, I, I don't know. Elon Musk proceeded to tweet out that theory, and then the entire media space did, and then the entire world did. But Elon ended up deleting the tweet. And the next day, the headlines were everywhere. Anal beads, question mark, chess cheating scandal. Whatever gets people to click, you know? So this was huge for global headlines and one of the first time that chess was on everyone's radar. So that all happens, yikes. In the meantime, Hans continued playing in St. Louis, where arbiters implemented a 15-minute broadcast delay and increased security checks. The chief arbiter even released a statement saying that we currently have no indication that any player has been playing unfairly in the 2022 Singfield Cup. It's almost impossible to create such a situation at the St. Louis Chess Club where everyone is checked for electronics coming in. It's a closed area. Once you enter, you cannot leave. Everything is under surveillance. There's no way to bring in a counterpart to help you. I don't see how cheating could have been done then. You'd have to imagine some fantastical James Bond kind of uh, CIA electronics. Undetectable contraption. Yeah, that would give you the messages, right? After his game with Magnus, Hans sat down with the St. Louis Chess Club to address the rumors, saying when he was a kid, he had cheated twice in online games at the ages of 12 and 16. So I cheated in random games on chess.com. Now, I was confronted, I confessed, and this is the single biggest mistake of my life, and I'm completely ashamed, and I'm telling the world because I do not want any misrepresentation, and I do not want rumors. I have never cheated in an over-the-board game. I'm deeply, deeply sorry for my mistake, and I know that my actions have consequences, and I suffer those consequences. Hans tweeted at the time, if there was any real evidence, why not show it? Is anyone going to take accountability for the damage they've done? But that very week, Chess.com suspended Neiman from the site and uninvited him from their $1 million global championship, writing, we have shared detailed evidence with him concerning our decision, including information that contradicts his statements regarding the amount and seriousness of his cheating on Chess.com. So as the scandal breaks out, obviously Chess.com has to weigh in, and that's because Hans Neiman played there frequently as a young teenager, as a young player, uh, and even a couple of years after that. Magnus and Hans are ready to go. Hans Two weeks go by. Pieces. 
Magnus and Hans are again matched up in an online tournament held by Chess24, a subsidiary of Chess.com. What happened next blew everyone away. And what? What? Magnus has logged off. What has happened? Magnus has resigned. This is completely unprecedented in chess history. All eyes are on them. What is going to happen? Will it be a big game? Is Magnus going to blow him off the board or something? No, he just resigns in one move, protests, and doesn't play the game. Magnus, what was the reason you uh, withdrew from my game? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I cannot um, particularly speak on that. Uh... But, uh, you know, people can draw their own conclusion and I um, have to say I'm uh, very impressed by uh, Neiman's uh, play uh, and uh, I think uh, his mentor Maxime Bluge must be doing uh, a, great, uh, a great job. Uh, can you confirm or not confirm that it has to do with um, suspecting him of cheating? I will not comment on that. This is that mentor, Maxime Delugi. He goes by Max. He's a longtime chess grandmaster and coach in New York who once taught chess to a young Hans Niemann. I consider myself his mentor, but you know, I think he considers myself as more of a friend. I coached him when he was 11 years old. That's when I coached him. It was about a three to four months uh, period. But throughout the years, I would give him advice and uh, you know, this relationship continues to this day. Many were quick to point out that relationship is what Magnus was referring to. Max himself was previously twice removed from Chess.com for cheating. One he said was unintentional, the other he denies entirely. He also denies any insinuation that Hans cheated or that he helped Hans cheat against Magnus. It's unfortunate that this is how paranoia works, but that's what we see, and so he is using this kind of very, very stretched imagination to portray me as a, a potential accomplice to Hans, which I wouldn't even know what I was supposed to do in this case. <laughs> I was in the Poconos. Well, as the weeks went on, it was sort of a case of Magnus felt like he had to say something. Magnus would soon cut through the insinuation and released a very direct statement on the entire saga at the time. Writing in part, I believe that Neiman has cheated more and more recently than he publicly admitted. I am not willing to play chess with Neiman. For recent chess news, these allegations were huge. It's not uncommon to get paranoid at the highest levels of chess that somebody might be cheating, but to actually go out and accuse someone, especially when you're the best chess player in the world, that had very long-lasting power. Then, just over a week later, Chess.com released a 72-page report alleging Hans has likely cheated in more than 100 online games, including several prize money events, adding while his performance in some of these matches may seem to be within the realm of some statistical possibility, the probability of any single player performing this well across this many games is incredibly low. But the report did also state there was no concrete evidence that Hans cheated against Magnus or in any in-person games. So we are in Utah now, in the suburbs just outside Salt Lake City. And believe it or not, you, know, you could argue 
that this is the epicenter of the chess world these days. A couple guys who live here years ago founded chess.com and it is by far and away the world's biggest chess community. Of course, they too have found themselves at the center of this cheating scandal. Sure, these guys may look like two average gym bros. Tank tops, spiky hair, seven nine. the not quite middle-aged dad energy, but they're two of the masterminds behind the biggest chess community on the planet. What was the Twitch comment you said about the two of you? The chess world is being run by two gym bros with receding hairlines. <laughs> That's spiky, spiky receding spiky hairlines. <laughs> on any given day, there's somewhere around 9 million people logging onto chess.com, playing about 16,000 moves every second. That's what they tell us. With 100 million total accounts, they're without a doubt the biggest fish in the chess pond. I mean, that's gotta be like impossible to wrap your head around. It's right? impossible. How do you even sustain that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a, a lot of white knuckles in the engineering right now. By the end of this year, we may be at 20 million daily active users. This might be too slow to go here. Eric Alibes co-founded Chess.com with a Stanford Business School classmate in 2007. While Danny Wrench, the chief chess officer, yes, that's his real title, spent his youth training to become the next great American chess champion. I'm the face of a failed, thought he was gonna be world chess champion, child chess prodigy, who then uh, recognized, I think early on, what the internet had the potential to do. Over the last few years, as chess grew from the occasional game you'd sometimes play with your grandparents to a global community experienced online, chess.com says they have leaned into the growing demand establishing watchable streams of people playing chess, tutorials to gamify the experience, and partnering with the biggest players in the game, including Magnus Carlsen. One of the hardest parts for us is like, oh, pick your target market and serve that. At chess.com, we're like, no, we're gonna do all of it. We want someone who's playing chess and learning what a knight does, and we're also building a product where Magnus Carlsen uses it. Let's skip ahead to September 2022. The events of the Hans versus Magnus saga unfold as they did. The decision to ban Hans Niemann and to release the reports saying he likely cheated in 100 games. I mean, this is a 19-year-old, and that's like something that forever will be linked to Hans Niemann. Did that weigh on you? Oh, heavily. Super heavy. Yeah. Why? I care about people, yeah. and he's a person, and this is the thing. And like, again, there's a reason we have historically handled all of our interactions with title players with absolute discretion. While I have literally lost sleep, ultimately, when we felt we were releasing that report, we actually felt that in many ways we were, you know, providing truth to, to, the, to the fact that, you know, Hans hasn't cheated over the board. At least there's no evidence to suggest that. We stand by what we already were publicly outed by him for doing, along with some clarification that, hey, Hans, if you're going to do that, you also maybe cheated a little more than, than um, than what you're saying. But many skeptics question the platform's objectivity, pointing to their relationship with Magnus and the power they collectively wield in the chess world. Did your company have any interaction or any thought process about backing Magnus Carlsen before making any of these decisions? None, zero. Like literally zero. Was not a factor at all? Not a factor whatsoever. Magnus Carlsen losing a game is great for the drama of chess. 
It just is. It's yeah. great for the story. It's great for the game. I mean, ultimately, our report straight up kind of disagreed with Magnus and said, look, there's no evidence to suggest this, right? But I, what I would say is, while we're not in the interest of protecting Magnus, we are in the interest of protecting the chess played on our site, the best chess players on the planet who play on our site, and their desire to play on our site. But Hans Niemann remained defiant. Just one day after Chess.com released their report, he dug his heels in during a less than one minute interview following a win. I think that this game is a, is a message to everyone and uh, it also showed that um, I'm not going to back down and I'm going to play my best chess here uh, regardless uh, of the pressure that I'm under. Still so many questions remained. Is Hans right? Is Magnus? And what happens next? So we're in Buffalo now, we're on our way to meet Dr. Ken Regan. He's a professor of computer sciences at the University of Town, but he's also an international chess master and you could say he is the Sherlock Holmes of chess cheating. These are newspaper clippings from my tournaments when I was 10, 11, 12, played in Bergen County. And then these are clippings from newspaper coverage of my being the youngest chess master since Bobby Fischer at the time, a distinction held by many people. There's no shortage of college professors who spend their days moonlighting other passions. This is the main equation of my model. But Ken Regan does things just a bit differently. What do you think of the label as the chess detective? I wince a little bit because statistics is just one arm of detection. I'm like the numbers guy relative to the LAPD. Numbers are his life, but finding the truth is his passion. It's his job to analyze chess games and help determine if someone cheated. Well, I know this. We shake hands before we play, correct? That's right. Gens una sumus. And that means what? We are one people, the motto of the International Chess Federation. Fantastic. Well, it's an honor. Uh, I believe it's your move first, Doctor. Yes, indeed. How common is cheating in chess? Over the board, it has still been fairly rare, with maybe 10 to 20 incidents per year. I'd say five to 10 real cases. But online, the frequency is 100 to 200 times higher. So what happened during the pandemic is a lot of famous tournaments went online, but they had a much higher cheating rate. Using a predictive analytic model he developed, setting my scripts in motion on a new batch of games. Dr. Regan can determine the probability of a player of a certain rating, so this will chug for a little while, playing a certain move. Turning over stones looking for answers is the name of the game here, which is why FIDE, the governing body of chess, turned to him to investigate the Hans Niemann allegations. I was screening the tournament every day and give a report a couple of hours after the games finished. And I did so for this game on Sunday, September 4th. And I said, well, what a sensation. Magnus Carlsen lost, was beaten by this American teenager. That's check, right? Check. Yes. So sorry, I should say check. Yeah, that's okay. Again. Did you begin looking into it right away? I had indeed run the analysis for the full report already overnight the previous night, and I'd found nothing. What can you tell us about the investigation? Well, I've given them reports on several aspects of it. Number one, the question of whether there was any evidence of cheating in St. Louis itself. Mm -hmm. I said very simply in, in detail, no. 
Then there are some other questions about Hans Niemann's record. There is no evidence of cheating in other over-the-board games. His entire chess career checks out normal. Check. And this is the end, my friend. Checkmate, yes. Fantastic. The main thing is I think that there was some illusion caused by Neiman's known past record, because it is known that he had cheated online. And unfortunately, chess players are as susceptible to cognitive illusions as everyone else. So up until this point, Magnus refuses to play Hans because of what he says is prior cheating. A scandal ensues. Hans admits to cheating online as a kid. A Chess.com report claims he likely did it many more times. And would you believe we still haven't reached the most dramatic part of this story yet? And next thing you know, we have a giant lawsuit where Hans is suing Magnus Carlsen for defamation. That's right. In late October, six weeks after all this began, Hans Niemann sues Magnus Carlsen for a slew of reasons, among them slander, libel, and antitrust, claiming he was blacklisted from the chess community and seeking damages of $100 million. Holy shit! (laughs) That was my reaction. (laughs) There's no money in chess like that, come on. Also named in the lawsuit, another grandmaster and streamer, Hikaru Nakamura, Chess.com, Chess.com executive Daniel Wrench, and Magnus's company, Play Magnus, which is now part of Chess.com. I'm glad it happened because that's the only way for him to defend himself. He's up against, you know, otherwise insurmountable forces. And when you fast forward to now the lawsuit beginning, and there's still so many questions, like, what is actually going on here? So how do we make sense of this $100 million lawsuit? Neither Hans nor Magnus's lawyers are talking about the case, so we brought in our own to break it down using chess. All right, so I'm gonna play Hans as the white pieces, and the black pieces would be all five of the defendants in this case. If you're looking at this just from an impartial aspect, Hans made the first move, right? His claim is that he was defamed by these five defendants. They're responding in turn by saying that what they said is truthful. Well, then in reply, Hans is saying no one has actually substantiated that he cheated. Well, they respond by saying, you know what? What we said is opinion. An opinion is not a fact. And that can't be used against them to argue that this is defamation. You have to prove actual malice. You have to show that a person either knew their statement was false or had reckless disregard for whether or not the statement was true or false. If Hans can't prove that, he's dead in the water. That is like losing your queen. But there's a bigger issue for Hans. His entire $100 million lawsuit could be thrown out just because of where it was filed. They're saying that there's no jurisdiction. What's jurisdiction when it comes to chest? You're not arguing that the moves that the person is making is incorrect. You're not even making plays against the other player. What you're saying when this is the wrong jurisdiction is, this isn't the board you should be playing on. 9-10. 
even in the face of a lawsuit that would bankrupt most companies. At Chess.com HQ, it's business as usual. What's it like to be named in a $100 million lawsuit? <laughs> uh, surprising. Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest, it's, very, it's, it's a little strange, but I literally never think about it until somebody brings it up and asks, and I'm like, oh yeah, like we're still in that. I feel like if, if I was named in a $100 million lawsuit, it would be hard for me to, to like laugh about it. Are you laughing because you're not nervous about it, or are you laughing because you're like, I can't really do anything else? It's, it's, it's definitely sure. more the latter. In your opinions, did you defame Hans Neiman? No, no, not at all. I did not. Mm. There's like a very clear legal definition of what that means, and it's like very far away from what happened. And I mean, I, I know as, as much as it might, might sound crazy to say, I actually do believe that there's a, there's a positive world at the end of this. I don't believe that Hans's chess career is anything but just starting and continuing to take off and positive. Is there a future where Hans Neiman or Magnus Carlsen are playing in chess events again? I don't know. I'm not close to it. Why not? You know, Hanschess.com. Yeah, I mean, that would be great. As a fan, I want to see that. Back in Kazakhstan, on chess's biggest stage, Magnus Carlsen looms large as he always does. And his young opponent in the courtroom, continuing his own battle over the board. Hans Niemann, how do you feel about it? Uh, I don't. Um, I don't have an. Don't have an answer. Uh, I understand that it's a question that a lot of people want an answer to, but um, I hope you understand that I can't answer the question. Despite everything that's happened, Magnus and Hans are both here, competing, fighting, trying to etch their names in the history books. But will they do it against each other? So there was a chance that they were gonna play, but they never did. I was salivating at the prospect of it happening because as I've been saying, drama is good for views, but they never managed to play against each other. Uh, and that never occurred. Ultimately, Hans finished in 100th place in Rapid, 47th in Blitz. Magnus, well, to no one's surprise, he won both. They've yet to play each other since this saga began. There's an old proverb that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. For a 19 year old to be able to come to grips with what happened to him is amazing. And that's definitely going to strengthen his character. I'm actually going to draw on my philosophical religious backgrounds and say, I hope it uh, ends with mutual apology, repentance, and forgiveness because I think they both overstepped in, in certain ways. I don't really think the chess world will be fully satisfied. I've sort of decided that there's no winners no matter what happens, right? But there's a lot of questions that I think will actually not be fully answered when the judgment comes out of this lawsuit. So what is the future of chess? No matter the outcome, this scandal may follow both of these players for a long time. Maybe someday they'll tell their sides of the story, or maybe the chess will speak for itself. <laughs>